Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Two years ago, the country issued a collective gasp as the wife of a former England football captain, Colleen Rooney, posted on social media that she'd unmasked the person who'd been leaking stories about her to the press. And she finished her post saying, now I know for certain which account it's come from. It's Rebecca Vardy's account. It didn't matter if you followed football or if you knew any of the stories that had been leaked. The sting operation behind the big reveal was so breathtakingly well-plotted that an instant legend was born, bringing together, for the first time, two very English obsessions, the cult of the footballers' wives and the genius of Agatha Christie. It is a modern-day whodunit, Poirot for the Instagram age. The so-called Wagatha Christie trial is due to get underway later. In October 2019, Colleen Rooney earned the nickname Wagatha Christie. We now know this is how Wagatha Christie done it. A fake Instagram post. Only then did Colleen reveal that the one account she'd allowed to read them was Rebecca Vardy's. Within the hour, the phrase Wagatha Christie had been created. Delighted by the intrigue, people across the country took to social media to wade in on Wagatha Christie. But for Rebecca Vardy, who's always denied leaking any private information, life had taken a darker turn. Attempts to settle the matter through mediation failed, and Rebecca Vardy decided to take Colleen Rooney to the High Court and sue her for libel. So what happened when the two women finally met in court? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, everything you don't need to know about the Wagatha Christie trial. It's been a really extraordinary <laughs> couple of weeks. <laughs> We've been following every twist and turn. I mean, it's just, it's just remarkable. It's really odd because it was only a couple of years ago I was walking to the same courts for the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. And now, two years later, really quite a similar case. I'm David Brown, Chief News Correspondent for The Times. David, on a Tuesday morning a few weeks ago, two very high-profile wives of high-profile England players, WAGs as they used to be known, 
walked into the royal courts of justice, which is a slightly unlikely location. Tell us why they were there. Well, it's over two years ago now where Colleen Rooney, wife of Wayne Rooney, the former England captain, wrote her infamous tweet exposing the woman she claimed had been leaking details from her private Instagram account and that wonderful payoff line, dot, 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 it's Rebecca Vardy's account. Just remind us how this had come about, because it was extraordinary. I just remember it was as if the whole country, no matter what else was happening, paused and Wagatha Christie was born. Colleen Rooney, she wasn't one of the high-profile wags. She was queen of the pack, as it were, but she wasn't like Rebecca Vardy at the sort of centre of media attention. And what a post showed is that she'd written a series of posts on her private Instagram accounts that could be only read by one person. When those posts were leaked to a tabloid newspaper, she then concluded that the owner of that account must be responsible for these leaks about her private life. And that was Rebecca Vardy's account. And so take us back to that morning. That was the backdrop. We'd had the Wagatha Christie moment when the whole country gasped at the revelation that it was Rebecca Vardy. And then suddenly, a few years later, here they are in court. Describe the moment of them walking in. Two years we'd waited for this. There'd been numerous cases, but this is the first time either woman had actually been in court. So I turned up nice and early and there had to be 60 press cameramen, television camera people, journalists from around the world. And then the taxis pulled up and out came Rebecca Vardy on her own, followed by not only Colleen Rooney, but Wayne Rooney, her husband. I mean, it really was sort of A-list celebrities at the high courts, which doesn't happen very often. So we'd had the Wagatha Christie moment. We'd had Colleen Rooney unveiling to the world that Rebecca Vardy had been leaking stories to the press. How did that end up in court? Well, very quickly, Rebecca Vardy announced that she was going to sue Colleen Rooney for libel. She denied having any involvement with these leaks. Over the next couple of years, Colleen on several occasions had tried to go through mediation to settle this privately, presumably with some sort of statements issued, and Rebecca Vardy fought it all the way. You know what was really extraordinary though? Almost the first sentence we got in the High Court, the two women only sitting 10 yards apart on the front row of this very austere court was the admission from Rebecca Vardy that actually her own agent might have been responsible for these leaks. And that was a pretty jaw-dropping moment. Had you been expecting that? No, because <laughs> Rebecca Vardy had always insisted she wasn't responsible and she had no idea how this had occurred. We knew she was very close to her agent, Caroline Watts, and Caroline Watts wasn't going to be a witness. So this did come as an enormous surprise. I mean, tell us a bit about Rebecca Vardy, for those of us who don't follow football, or footballers' wives in particular. She's actually a really incredible woman. She's had a really tough upbringing. She was in abusive relationships. She'd had a tough life before meeting Jamie Vardy, the Leicester footballer. Hmm. And she very quickly embraced the celebrity lifestyle. 
I will 100% not say those words, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I'm Rebecca Vardy, married to England footballer Jamie Vardy. I dislike the wag term, I think it's very dated. Um, it doesn't offend me, but that's not who I am and it doesn't define me. She appeared on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Loose Women, uh, she's a regular guest on that, Dancing on Ice. She loved appearing in tabloid newspapers, celebrity magazines. She's very eloquent, she's fun. So for lots of, I think lots of members of the public, she was very popular. And why do we think she brought this case? Because she didn't have to. It was Colleen that made the allegation, but it's Rebecca who sued. It was a huge story at the time, but in all honesty, in a few weeks, it would have all been forgotten. Rebecca could have got on with her life. I've, I've never really understood why she didn't. And when she realised her agent, by her accounts, was responsible, why didn't she drop the case then? I'm sure this is a decision that's kept her awake late into the night over the past couple of weeks. So did her case then become that it wasn't her, it was her agent, but therefore she still shouldn't have been publicly shamed for yeah. doing it? I mean, a judge a year ago had ruled that the meaning of Colleen's revelation post was that Rebecca Vardy either leaked the messages herself or was aware they were being leaked. So the case ah. now became, did you know that your agent was leaking these messages. And talk us through her testimony, because she was on the stand for, for two whole days. What was that like? And, and talk us through some of the big moments. It was due to be two days, and it was very dramatic. There was lots of tears. There was a denial that uh, she'd leaked these messages. She was cross-examined by David Sherborne, uh, the famous libel barrister whose clients include Meghan Markle, Johnny Depp. He's a relentless interrogator. And to be in the witness box for five hours each day is really tough. And at the end of the second day, when it was due to conclude, it was announced that she'd have to come back and go into the witness box for a third day. And she just broke down in tears. And that's really poignant to see because she's renowned as a a tough woman a tough mother and to see her break down like that it just revealed there is a human side behind all these you know uh, cartoons of media personalities and uh, glamorous wags and in her testimony you know during this difficult cross-examination what did we learn we learnt about her relationship with the media how she has courted the media, how all those pictures you see of famous people being uh, papped on beaches or leaving hospitals with their newborn baby, they weren't spur-of-the-moment things, paparazzi leaping out of bushes. These were events that Rebecca had organised herself, had staged, so that they looked impromptu, but in fact she'd arranged for the photographer to be there. It was a, a two-way thing. She benefited from it. Her profile was increased. She had a successful television career uh, as a result of this. The media got what they wanted, and in return, she got fame and money. Rebecca Vardy's agent, Caroline Watt, whose role seemed central to the case, didn't appear in court. We heard that she was unwell. Now, there is confidential medical material which 
we quite rightly don't know about. But Rebecca told the courts that Caroline must have been left with suicidal thoughts, that she had wow. issued a witness statement, had agreed to be a witness, and then suddenly changed her mind. And I think that's when Rebecca Vardy says, I then suddenly realised that she could have been the person leaking these messages because she, Caroline Watts, had access to my Instagram accounts and therefore could see Colleen Rooney's private posts. And the agent was missing, but so was quite a lot of evidence that she should have been able to provide. Talk us through that. Yeah, in civil cases, you're obliged to what's called disclose evidence. And these days, quite a lot of that is emails, WhatsApp messages, text messages, those sort of things. So naturally, Colleen Rooney wanted to see all the messages exchanged between Rebecca Vardy and her agent, Caroline Watt. Rebecca's weren't available because she says, as she tried to transfer them to her lawyers, they became deleted. Well, that's fine because we'd have had a backup with Caroline Watt's mobile telephone. But unfortunately, just shortly after the court ordered her to hand over her device to retrieve the messages, she accidentally dropped it in the North Sea during a boating holiday. which led As, to as a, one does. Yeah, led to a wonderful exchange with uh, David Sherborne saying, oh, it's a shame the phone is in Davy Jones's locker. To which Rebecca replied, who's Davy Jones? Which everyone in court laughed and the judge very kindly leant forward and said, he means at the bottom of the sea. So it is unusual and actually this was to play a very significant role. This missing evidence could be very significant when we get to a judgment. I mean, I suppose with those texts, uh, with all the exchanges she's had with Rebecca Vardy, there is also the Rebecca Vardy side of them. Were we able to see all of her texts and messages? Well, we've seen some of them and it shows a relationship between the two women where they were talking about leaking stories to newspapers. And during the trial, completely out of the blue really, Rebecca Vardy had to admit that yes, she had told the son about one of the private posts. And she said, I didn't think there was anything Ah. wrong because they already knew the information. But that was a pretty startling admission from a woman who'd said she'd never leaked any information from the private posts. I mean, that that's quite surprising. Mm. It was a strange sort of defence, wasn't it, to be admitting that you do often leak private stories to the press? Yeah, this, this is why it's so odd it came up in court. In, in one of the messages, Rebecca Vardy complains to her agent uh, when it turned out a newspaper already had a story. She complained, oh, that means we're not going to get paid. The days of earning significant money from tabloid newspapers are over, so she wouldn't have received that much money. Her husband earns roughly £140,000 a week. Mm. Why was she doing this for such relatively small amounts of money? That was never answered. It is fascinating. It's a fascinating question. And listening to all of this, you know, especially the revelations about the stories that she did definitely leak, how, how was Colleen Rooney reacting? Colleen was sitting 10 foot away from the witness box and just stared at her while she was given evidence. There was a real look of, 
hate's not the right word. You know, you're the woman that's dragged me here very, very intensely. What was even odder, because in a civil case, you sit on the bench, only separated by six metres, I guess, and she would stare across at Rebecca Vardy very, very intently, with Rebecca with her head bowed, sort of looking down, really, the sort of contrast in the body language. Wayne Rooney never looks at anybody. He sat staring ahead, looking at some mystical place about two foot in front of him. He didn't talk to his wife, uh, didn't look at his wife. On one occasion, Colleen jabbed him with her pencil in his arm. and He didn't flinch or move. Uh, oh, wow. So it's that sort of contrast. These women who have been at war for two years, it comes down to you're sitting 10 foot away from each other and you know your reputations are on the line. Coming up, what happened when Colleen and Wayne Rooney gave evidence? That's after a quick message from a colleague. Hello, I'm Jane Mulkerins, Associate Editor of The Times magazine. By listening in, you make it possible for me to bring you exclusive stories that you won't get anywhere else. Get to the heart of the stories that matter every day with The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today and enjoy one month free. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. about the next bit of big evidence we sort of heard really from Colleen Rooney herself. What was it like when she took the stand? The remarkable thing is Rebecca Vardy only had one witness. It was her. There was nobody else. So after that we were straight on to Colleen Rooney. She was a contrast to Rebecca. There was no emotion at all. 
She answered the questions fully, perhaps rather blandly in contrast to Rebecca. She explained why she'd carried out this sting operation, insisted that she hadn't told anybody, not including her own husband. She said, I wanted to be sure that nobody knew about these posts apart from Rebecca Vardy. And just explain it a bit, because, you know, we all sort of saw the the post when she put it up originally, where she sort of revealed that Rebecca Vardy had been leaking. Did she explain sort of how she'd got there? What had made her carry out this remarkable sting operation? She'd felt that information was being leaked from her private Instagram account. She only had 300 followers. She looked through all her followers had her suspicions that Rebecca Vardy might be responsible. She said she was fame-hungry and desperate for money, realised she had a close relationship with the son, so decided to issue a warning on her own Instagram account, I know somebody's leaking my private information, stop now. She then actually deleted Rebecca Vardy as a follower. And then a couple of months later, Rebecca got in touch with her and said, Hey, Colleen, have I done anything wrong? You've you've stopped uh, allowing me to follow your account. To which Colleen told a white lie and said, oh, I'm so sorry, it must have been my children, and allowed her back onto her Instagram. And that's when she started doing this sting operation. What was interesting in court, we assumed that she'd only made a small number of fake posts. Turned out, actually, there was 50 of them only a couple of which were then leaked to the newspaper. Wow. One of the examples was she posted a message suggesting that she'd gone to Mexico to choose the gender of her next child. She has four sons, and the post suggested she wanted a girl. This was a fake story. She says, actually, I would never do that. I'm a devout Catholic. It's completely against my beliefs. A couple of weeks later, that story appears in The Sun. Colleen goes to Mexico for gender selection because she wants a baby girl after having had four boys. She says this is evidence that Rebecca Vardy must have leaked that story. She was the only person who could have read that post. To go to to that sort of extent, to try to find out who's leaking, I guess the leaking must have been affecting her life. She said, I'm a very private person. I don't talk about my personal life. And on her private Instagram account, that's where she discussed things about her family. We did hear, of course, about Wayne's, what was referred to by her, misbehaviours. This is the time when he was arrested for drink driving, having taken a woman home from a nightclub. She had to admit that she separated from Wayne, that she'd moved in with her parents. This must have been agony for Colleen, because she is very private. To talk about that to the world in a courtroom, she's on oath, she's got to reply. So I think if you have that private identity, the idea that one of your friends is leaking that to the media, she said how much it hurt her. She seemed sort of very calm and collected. And obviously, you know, everybody was very impressed by the actual sting operation. It was very smart. Did she sort of explain how it had come about? And was there a sense that the people listening, sort of in the court, the the barristers, the judge, did they all understand the intricacies of social media and how she'd managed to pull off this sting? 
I didn't know you could limit access to your Instagram stories to only select a number of people's. She said she found this out by accident and then decided this is the way to catch the leaker. Right at the end of her husband's evidence, the judge, Mrs Justice Stein, an extremely experienced High Court judge, turned to Wayne and said, well, did you see these fake posts and what did you think about them? To which Wayne looked rather puzzled and said, Milady, no, I didn't see them. And David Sherborne stood up and said, Milady, that's the whole point. Only one person could see them. It's Rebecca Vardy's account. I think it was relatively straightforward. I think the judge now understands that too. And when Wayne Rooney had to give evidence, I mean, tell us a bit about that. How did he seem and what did we hear? After five days of Wayne, absolutely silent, not looking at anybody, not uttering a word, he climbs up into the witness box. You know, it's about six foot above the well of the court. As a footballer, he'd been so reluctant an interviewee, almost monosyllabic, but giving evidence, wow, what a changed man. Really? He was eloquent, passionate, interested, when he was asked, what do you think about your wife's post leading to Rebecca Vardy receiving the most vile abuse by social media trolls? He immediately said, I think that's absolutely disgusting. It's a horrible way to treat a woman. And there was compassion there as well. But he also admitted he had no idea what Colleen had been up to. He was playing for DC United in Washington, woke up, afternoon UK time, of course, to look at his social media, and that's the first he knew that Colleen had done any of this. Was he impressed or was he frustrated? He said he called their agent, Paul Stretford, a very famous football agent. Paul Stretford hadn't been told either. And he said, it wasn't my role. Colleen's an independent woman. I'd support whatever she wanted. And he really got the sense he hadn't got involved at all until he turned up at the High Court. Wow. But rather like Jamie Vardy, I suppose, who, who didn't turn up to the High Court but clearly wanted to sit all of this out. Jamie Vardy did turn up for one day and it was the day when Wayne Rooney was given evidence. That was an extraordinary day. Describe the scene. How was he reacting to what Wayne Rooney was saying? It's the contrast between Wayne and Colleen. Wayne and Colleen sat, divided by about six inches, didn't look at each other, didn't talk to each other really. And then on the other side of the bench on the front row... There was Jamie and Rebecca. Rebecca sitting with her shoulder pressed against Jamie's shoulder. She grabbed hold of his right hand, wouldn't let go. Quite often, she would lean across with her free hand and grab his other arm. There was one occasion where Jamie wanted a a bottle of water and because she wouldn't let go, he had to undo the top of his bottle of water with the same hand. It was that sort of desperate need for support, I think. And it's interesting that he turned up on the day that Wayne Rooney was giving evidence and not his wife, sort of solidarity amongst the husbands. He wasn't there when Rebecca Vardy was in absolute turmoil, in the tears. And he was there for Wayne Rooney. But he wasn't a witness. And at lunchtime, they went out. And Jamie Vardy then issues a statement in the middle of a trial accusing his former teammate of talking nonsense that his account was inaccurate. You don't get that very often at the High Court. So clearly there's been a real fracture in relations between the footballers too. 
Yeah, and only one of them can be telling the truth. Wayne Rooney had said that the England manager, Roy Hodgson, had ordered him to sit down with Jamie Vardy and tell him to get his wife to, quotes, calm down, to limit her media work. And Wayne Rooney painted this wonderful picture. This was during the European Championships in France. They sat down in the games room and he recalled it had a table tennis table, a pool table. And Jamie Vardy sat down and was drinking Red Bull while he had a cup of coffee. Jamie Vardy's statement says none of this occurred. Only one of them can be telling the truth. Wayne Rooney said, I remember it. It was so awkward. He clearly didn't want to do it. He said, but I'd been ordered by the manager and as captain, it was my responsibility. And he said, I don't know whether Jamie told Rebecca this. That was for him. I did my job. And Jamie Vardy denies all of that. Yeah, I think it's the sort of thing you'd remember if your team captain sat you down and said, you've got to tell your wife to stop doing her media work. Yeah. And all the way through this, through the Rooney's evidence, how did Rebecca Vardy look? It became obviously more difficult for her through the trial. The admission that her agent, she believes, was behind the leaks. Her admission during evidence that she had given details of at least one of Colleen's Instagram posts to The Sun. The revelation of her trying to sell stories to newspapers. Some of her language in the text messages to her agent isn't the sort of thing that you'd want your children to read necessarily. Mm. And she became more and more subdued, sort of sunk back into herself in a way. Again, it does just make you wonder why she pursued this case. Even up to the, the Monday evening before, you could have settled. She could have issued a statement saying, I now accept that my agent was behind these leaks that I should have known and in fact I was told and didn't appreciate it I'm sorry to Colleen I will pay all her legal costs but she didn't she still insists she had no idea her agent was leaking these messages until the morning of the trial well till the morning of the trial she must have had some notice that well when Caroline Watts said she was no longer prepared to give evidence the Frankly, overwhelming uh, evidence that Rebecca Vardy's account was used to leak these items. By her own account, the only people who had access was her, Rebecca Vardy, Jamie's social media person, and there was no suggestion he was responsible, and her agent. Fascinating. When they were summing up the barristers on both sides, what did they say? I mean, what is the argument on either side? It's pretty straightforward. David Sherborne, representing Colleen Rooney, says, you were responsible for leaking these posts. He said the words, you lied on oath. We saw more tears then. Significantly, he accused Rebecca Vardy of deliberately destroying evidence. Those WhatsApp messages with her agent that we discussed before. That's a really serious allegation. And then on the other side, Hugh Tomlinson, said it was all conjecture. There was no evidence that Rebecca Vardy had leaked the posts to the Sun. David Sherborne says, OK, there's no evidence she leaked these posts, but we can infer from her past conduct, her relationship with the media, her willingness to leak other stories, 
He says the judge can infer that she was the person who leaked these messages. And of course, it's only on the balance of probability, 50-50. It's not a criminal case where the judge has to be sure. She's just got to think, on a balance of probabilities, did Rebecca Vardy leak these messages? And that's what it'll come down to. Yeah, in the end, it's as straightforward as that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Rebecca Vardy has taken this case really because she feels that her her reputation has been damaged by what Colleen Rooney did by putting out the allegation that it was her leaking to the media. Through all the evidence that's come out, though, you know, just by pursuing this case, she's probably damaged her own reputation quite a lot, hasn't she? Colleen Rooney's barrister said, if you find that she was libelled, any damages, any compensation you award should be minimal because Rebecca Vardy doesn't have any reputation left. At the end of the day, that's the crux of this, isn't it? It might be that she's found not to have leaked these posts, but her reputation has been severely damaged. I remember sitting in court and looking at Rebecca and Colleen, and I thought, why are you here? There is absolutely no winners out of this case. What happens now in terms of the case? When do we expect to hear a judgment? It's a reserve judgment. Usually these take about six weeks. However, the judge has actually got a couple of other judgments she has to prepare. So I would have thought a couple of months. Really? The judge will have to decide, first of all, the key question, was Rebecca Vardy libelled? She'll probably also have to address, was evidence deliberately deleted? And then finally, if there is a finding of libel, what level of damages compensation should Rebecca Vardy get? Colleen Rooney's barristers are clearly pushing for her to pay very little in damages if she is found guilty of libel. What are Rebecca Vardy's barristers saying? Well, Rebecca Vardy's barrister wants substantial damages. He said she suffered the most appalling abuse on social media, death threats that people at football matches have chanted about her, that she's called her grass... He wants for Colleen Rooney to pay the highest possible amount. How big could that be? If I had to guess, about £50,000, which is the sort of ridiculousness of this case. Legal costs of at least £2 million. Realistically, damages of about £50,000. It sounds like a, a hell of a case to have followed. Has it been quite an experience for you compared to other trials that you've covered? Most of the trials I cover are so much more significant. Either in the civil courts, you know, there's either huge amounts of money involved, allegations of corruption, fraud. Of course, in the criminal courts, it's the most very serious of crimes. But at the end of the day, it usually boils down to someone is telling the truth and somebody isn't. And that's what this boils down to. And the judge has got to decide, who did she believe? You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Chief News Correspondent for The Times, David Brown. You can read more of David's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. 
The producer today was Edward Drummond. The executive producer is Kate Ford. And sound design was by David Crackles. If you'd like to get in touch with us with any ideas for future episodes or any thoughts on Wagatha Christie, then do drop us a line to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find it. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.